Thanks for downloading this week's episode of Seen and Heard, available every Tuesday on iTunes. To listen and subscribe to this and other great province podcasts, search iTunes or simply visit theprovincepodcasts.com. Happy listening. This podcast is brought to you by The Province. This is Seen and Heard with Province music writer Stuart Dardane. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Seen and Heard podcast with me, Stuart Dardane. Here chatting today with some people that I met Oh, and their careers were just kicking off, in fact. Uh, Drew and Daniel McTaggart, a.k.a. the band Dear Rouge, um, here to discuss the band's debut album, Black to Gold, its second appearance at the Squamish Valley Music Festival on August 7th to 9th, and a summer full of touring. So hello, you two. Hey. Hey, how's it going? Not too bad at all. So you've got a little bit of time off, you were saying. Yeah, we're, uh, we're in Reggie, Alberta, visiting my family, so it's been a really good trip, and just hanging out. We play in Sullivan Lake this weekend, so... Now, your agent in Toronto told me that, uh, you know, the, one of the reasons we're doing this on Skype instead of here in Vancouver, where you are technically residents, um, is because you're constantly on the road right now. What is your summer looking like? Well, we just finished like a month and a week haul, and uh, we kind of went around out east, did some festivals down, did our first American dates, and uh, now we're continuing festivals for the rest of the summer. But it gets in a better pace um, where we're doing just the weekends. So we kind of finished in Saskatoon last weekend, flew the back the backing band home for the week, and we stayed in Red Deer waiting for this weekend's gig. That's still that's a, you know it's it's hardly what I would call just a, a morning commute. You know, it's like hey, let's go back <laughs> to Vancouver from Saskatoon after last night. Have you played Red Deer yet? Is there a good venue there that you've you've been able to rock out for your family at? Not necessarily a great venue, but there is a venue here, and uh, yeah, it's called Fratters. We played yeah, there. Yeah, Fratters is great. And uh, yeah, it was it was good. We did one show here, so they don't have a lot of venues out this way. But this festival is the first festival that I know of being in in around this area. Yeah, we were really excited to get on the Sylvan Lake Festival because um, yeah, there's bigger names and bigger draw. Uh, proper sound equipment you know that will mm. be big enough for the the sound like that we like to give on stage so it'll be really exciting to rock out for some of the Danielle's family and friends <laughs> nice well I, I you know I, it, it'll certainly be better sound than it was uh at the peak performance uh boot camp that time when everybody <laughs> got to hang out and stuff but you know it, it does seem it, that doesn't seem that long ago to me that we were just uh you know sitting down and doing basic uh you know media training and, and you guys were all getting schooled in a million and one things that should make every band member <laughs> jealous around the world but uh it wasn't that long ago no it was, it was three years ago or something exactly but but i mean you know you won the prize and very quickly had the ep out which did exceptionally well all on its lonesome and then tell me what developed after that like how did universal come into the picture well we um you know it was, it was really cool like our, our, we've been really grateful for our journey as a band because after we won the peak um, we had enough money to tour, and as anybody who knows, being a musician, um, touring costs you a lot of money for the first few years. And uh, we we started touring, we started writing aggressively because we knew we had to make our debut album, you know. And uh, we had the peak money, and it was kind of we we didn't want to think about it, but you know, we were tying all that prize winning into our debut album, 
and it had to do something, right? It had to had to make some ground so that we could keep doing music mm-hmm. at the pace that we were doing. So we we recorded the album and wrote it like about six months after we won the peak. So this is like summer of 2013. Right. And we we actually told people that we were going to release our album when we released our first single off of it, which was I Heard I Had. Mm-hmm. Um, but then it kind of took a turn where Canadian radio just, they, they, they it's like they wrapped their arms around us as Dear Rouge and said, we like you guys and we like the music you're creating. And they started playing us. So I Heard I Had became the most played song on modern rock radio for a Canadian band of 2014. That's crazy. And um, <clears throat> And so we were just kind of, through that, everyone came into the picture. Right. Every label in Canada, even some people from the States started chirping at us and management. We didn't have management at all. And um, it kind of just all came together. So at that point, we were like, let's slow down. Let's release another track from the album and let's make sure we get a good deal, a good uh, a good team of management around us. And then proceed and release the album. So that's kind of where Universal came in the picture. Nice. Well, you know, it's it's contrary to what people may think, this happens to bands a lot here. It's like, you know, you're an indie group, you get some attention locally, you release a song, as you said, like, you know, that just that radio embraces. And the next thing you know, everybody wants to know when you're going to be playing a show in their market. Uh, everybody wants to know, you know, who to contact to get uh, merchandise or whatever, all that sort of stuff. And you like kind of don't have any of it. And, um, and uh, you know, but, I'm, but I mean, you, you know, you two have been planning if you will you know i know that i know that from talking to you before this had all come to be that you know you had you had a pretty good idea of where you wanted it to go um and it seems to be going that way but was it hard like i mean it's not like there's a you know a corner store where you can go and buy a manager or buy a you know <laughs> good good publicist or anything like that so so what sort of factors uh, would you say for for a young up-and-coming band do you want to consider in a situation like that that's a good question. Yeah. We had a, like with our management, we we chose the managers we did based on what we felt we wanted to represent us, who we wanted to represent us like personality-wise and also obviously experience and stuff. But manager was a big one for us. And the reason why we picked Pandemonium was because they came out, they flew out to see our live show and they said, we can't manage you unless we see you and see what you guys do. Whereas some of the other managers were just like, oh, you guys have momentum, let's go. Yeah. Let's do it now, let's get on board. And they didn't even really know what our vision was or what we could improve on even or what we what we did live. And so that was really cool to us that they would want to come and see us. And yeah, and we felt all along the way that we, we've tried to partner with people who have the same values as us or have the same excitement about our project i mean no one will have as much excitement as we do because it's ours but at the same time the the ownership and and the true like wow you guys are doing a good thing i want to be part of it kind of vibe that's what we've looked for all along the way and it's been it's been a good principle to have all right well let's give listeners a taste of exactly all that this effort has gone into and we're gonna well let's start Rather than starting with the title track on the new record, I think let's start with I Heard I Had, which was the song that, as you say, it really took off for you and uh, was one of the ones you wanted to play. So here we go with I Heard I Had from Dear Rouge. I heard a little sound of noise while I was walking out my door. I had a little bit of doubt that this would really be worth it all. Thank you. 
obviously a hooky track that radio fell in love with. What did you have in mind when you put that one together? How did it come together? <laughs> I, we, we remember it vividly. Um, we were up at a, a family cabin where we did most of the writing for the record. And it was one night where we, we, we had the bass line and the music kind of there and stuff. And Danielle does a lot of the lyric writing on the album. And I remember she's like, Drew, you got to write, you got to write something. Come on, let's, let's do some lyrics. So I kind of just penned something up really quick, um, about what I was feeling, just about someone who is, um, they're, they're living a corrupt life and they have all these like fires around them, but they kind of like it and they know they're going to, they know they can't keep doing what they're doing, but they just kind of enjoy it. And so it's kind of written from that attitude. And we wrote it that night. And uh, after a little bit of uh, whiskey and writing, we were dancing at like three in the morning. I, I believe I was throwing high kicks in the air and Danielle was rolling on the ground laughing at me. <laughs> Sounds like a he's good six, He's six four, and he's not the most agile person I've ever met. So, <laughs> so we we're, we're not talking Jackie Chan here with the high kicks then. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, seeing Drew do a high kick is a pretty funny thing. So you got to. You I was pumped. <laughs> I was pumped, you know, and uh, you kind of have a vibe of a song, and and the song just felt really good. So yeah. Now you had a, uh, as I recall, you, you you would set up a home studio and stuff like that, so you could road test a lot of your tracks, sort of mm -hmm. to yourselves prior to doing. It was a lot of the record written that way. Did you did you have a lot of it, sort of, you know, rough mixes and everything of your own before you took it into you know a studio to get a you know professional job done? Yeah, yeah. for sure. That's. You know, there's there's no right or wrong way of of recording these days because mm. um, some bands do it differently, which is is great. But what we do is we, and what a lot of people do these days is they have a demo on their on their computer, and because you have the time to sit with it, you can make sure the tempo is right, the right. key is right. You can sit with it, you can get the overall feel, and then when you walk into the studio, you just kind of polish it up and make it better and do better performances. But you kind of start with that foundation, you know, and uh, so that's how we did a lot of the record. Now you're, that works well for us because Drew likes doing production stuff, but and it helps too because then you're not taking that song a completely different direction than you want it to, you know. But here's the thing, you know, you you are both meticulous about this sort of thing, and yet you want to be able to bring it live. So what have you found since, you know, in the last couple of years? What's changed with the live show? Is it still the same backing group you had, say, I don't know, when you played the Commodore last? Or is it, uh, have you got mm -hmm. new players? Have you got, you know, is it road seasoned? I mean, I certainly know from watching the videos, which is more of a staged thing, that the performance looks really sharp. But also the last time I saw you live, it was really sharp, so... Oh yeah. Thank well, you. thank you. Um, it has been, it has been awesome because, because we have been touring so much, we have constantly been revamping everything we're doing, um, throughout the last two years. And so we've switched to a lot of different stuff. Um, we, we have went down to a four piece band. So Danielle is a little bit more, you know, like one tour, she, she had to play guitar for one song and she's playing a little bit more keyboard stuff, but still giving her performance her all. Right. And, uh, and we also, we've written a lot more songs now. So we have an ability to package the set a little bit better. And, uh, and then also we've been playing with uh, technologies. Um, our drummer has uh, programmed these lights that we carry with us. And it's quite minimal. Like we still use venue lighting, but they're lights that do work with us. And they kind of work to the music and their time to the music. 
And uh, we also worked on um, having keyboards. We're using a program called Mainstage and Mm -hmm. not to get all the technical Mm -hmm. side of things, but we're just revamping our sound continually. So if you haven't seen us in two years, I'd like to say that we're a lot different. (laughs) Hopefully we're a lot better, yeah. Well, you know, it's, it's, I was looking back and you were actually pegged as one of the bands to see at the last Squamish Valley Music Fest, and now you're back again this year. So, uh, what does it feel like to be to be coming back on this? You know, with with a brand new you know record, full length set. You know, you're not mm-hmm. you're not looking at ways to fill it anymore. Like you can do a, a solid set now and stuff. Is it, is it exciting to be back? So exciting. We we we're always amazed and, and pumped that we get this opportunity to do music as a career. And Squamish is one of the best festivals in, in the country. So just being involved and having people excited to come and see us or just even having that, you know, comment that people were one of the bands to see, it's it's cool. It's yeah. exciting. Well and and I remember last Squamish, um, we were actually debuting some of the songs on the record for the exactly. first time. Exactly, yeah. In fact, yeah, as, I, as I recall it, your, you had just done the first, the first video, I think, was, uh, was just coming up on, online and stuff at the same time that you were getting ready to appear. So that that's, was good timing. Yeah, it feels like we, we've, all, all through the contest and all the things that happen, we've just been trying to keep up with these great opportunities. And now we kind of feel like we have time to like be excited and, and put these sets together and just enjoy these festivals. And so we're in a really cool spot where we kind of have things together to put that show um, and that's great for us. <laughs> well, what's your favorite place for people to go and follow the band or look for you? Is it the Bandcamp site? Is it uh, you know the official band website? What do you recommend? I think just hook up, hook up with us on Instagram or something like that. You know, that's the most genuine place. You know, it's not too contrived. You know, if they want all the, the links to everything, they can go to our website, dearrouge.com. But, you know, Instagram is one of our favorite forms of social media. And that's where we're going to see the photos that you're taking of all the big crowd at Squamish, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. All right, you two. Well, all the best. We're going to take uh, this interview out with the title track to your full length album. This is Black to Gold from Dear Rouge and thanks again you two. Really appreciate it. Thanks, Jared.
was a chat with the band Deer Rouge from Vancouver, who is going to be playing at what is the gig of the week this week, which is the Squamish Valley Music Festival taking place um, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, uh, August 7 through 9. Um, so we're just going to get right straight to Top Spins. This is a regular feature where we review records and things. And uh, beginning with uh, the track Walter White from the Jerry Grinelli G Trio Plus 3.
That was Walter White, taken from the album What I Hear Now on Addo Records by legendary jazz drummer Jerry Grinelli. Um, he's always been on the cutting edge of where jazz and rock bump together. And through his four-decade-plus career, um, he's shown an unflagging energy as both a player and a band leader. One thing about Grinelli that's really distinct is what he favors the more electronic side or fusiony side of jazz, I guess, would be a fair thing to say. But he has a knack such as greats like the late um, drummer Art Blakey did for finding just young rising stars and making them work their butts off and getting fantastic performances from them early on in his career. And his latest album really does continue in this tradition. So that's uh, Jerry Grinelli's G Trio Plus Three on the album is What I Hear Now. Next up, a band that uh, this album is really growing on me. They're from Reykjavik. Their name is Agent Fresco. Uh, the album is Destrier on Long Branch Records slash SPV. And this is, uh, they're Reykjavik art, art rockers, very typically Icelandically eclectic and strange. And this is the song See Hell from their latest album, Destrier. <laughs>
with Sea Hell from Agent Fresco. Um, taking off the new album, she's got 14 pieces of music that's really all over the map. I mean, safe to say, I guess they're more in the heavy progressive kind of a thing, but then all of a sudden they'll throw in a you know classical bit that you didn't expect or a folky nuance or whatever. They're just a very interesting art rock band in the true sense of it. I think this album will really grow and you check them out uh, when you get a chance. Next up, we've got... a sprawling, amazing three-disc, 45-track love letter to 80-year-old UK folk-singing legend Shirley Collins, who, along with her sister Dolly, was key to the entire folk revival of the 1960s and 70s. And Collins' influence is felt throughout uh, those decades. And you've got everyone on this record from Blur's Graham Coxon uh, to Sonic Youth's Lee Ronaldo, and then rising stars such as Angel Olsen to just a who's who of the British folk scene and everything. It's a various artist compilation called Shirley Inspired on Fire Records. And we're going to hear one of her very, very famous tracks. This is Polly on the Shore by uh, rowdy singer Stuart Lee and Stuart Estelle. Come all you wild young men Warning take by me Never to lead your single life astray and to go into bad company as I myself have done all in the month of May when I was pressed by a sea captain and on board a man of war I was sent sailed on the ocean so wide a bonnie flag we did let fly let every man Stand true to his gun For the Lord knows Who must die The captain was wounded Full sore So were the rest of his men Our main mass rigging was scattered on the deck so that we were obliged to give in. Our decks, they were spattered with blood. Loudly the cannons did roar. Thousands of times Wish myself alone, all alone, with my Polly on the shore. She's a tall and a slender girl, dark and a roving eye. Here am I. Bleeding on the deck And for her sweet sake I would die 
to my parents and my friends. Farewell to my dear Polly too. I never would have crossed the salt sea so wide if I had been ruled by you. 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 Now, the thing that's neat about the Shirley-inspired uh, album collection is that uh, it's part of a Kickstarter fundraising campaign to get a documentary uh, made called The Ballad of Shirley Collins, which is to also celebrate this famous folk singer. And Collins is really, she's quite special. This is a, this is a really neat project and lots of good music on that. I mean, 45 tracks. There's got to be several songs you're going to enjoy, I would think. Uh, and last up... Um, Someone who I, I really think deserves international recognition. This is Montreal-based keyboardist and vocalist Elizabeth Shepard. Um, this is a track called What's Happening, taken from her album The Signal. And uh, this has actually been uh, nominated. It was long-listed for the 2015 Polaris Prize. It is my hope that uh, Elizabeth Shepard's new record will also make the shortlist. Um, it's pretty eclectic stuff. She's, she's hard to classify, and that might be difficult for people, but... This record is ultimately rewarding, and here is what's happening from Elizabeth Shepard's The Signal. Feel the welcome start to fade. What's happening? What's happening here? It's a new and different war to lose again. I'm losing it. Neighbors slowly turn away. I'm trapped here. I'm trapped again
that album is a it's a ten track journey through contemporary issues, uh, even feminist issues, if you will, ranging from witchcraft to xenophobia to sexual violence. Uh, it's all over the place, but delivered with Shepard's really distinct kind of R and B, jazz, soul, groove, experimental uh, focus. And I, I'm I can't say enough good things about this record. I'm really impressed with her as an artist, and I, I hope she tours here soon. All right. Once again, this has been a Seen and Heard podcast with Stuart Dardane. For this and other podcasts, just go to theprovincepodcast.com, and I will chat with you next week. You've been listening to Seen and Heard with Province music writer Stuart Dardane. Catch Stuart in the Province newspaper or online at theprovince.com. Mm-hmm.